When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. I'm Cherson Soussel here with Frank Sanders. Johnny Venerable decided he was going to take a a much-needed night off to rest a little bit. Much, much-needed. Look, JV is busy. He is busy, Frankie is running the house. Hudson (laughs) is picking up football right now. He's a flag football coach. I mean, dad. I know he's trying to get his son to be one of the best athletes right now, and he's too young. So he's trying to figure it out. Look, we I'm, were in L.A. Yeah. LA, it was a travel, long week. End of the season. And also, you know, it's probably more big. The biggest thing about JV right now is that he's disappointed. Like He, he comes on and he gives it to us. He expresses his. Yeah, Johnny took the night off because he's so disappointed in the Cardinals. Yeah. No, but, he, but he expresses. <laughs> you you got to imagine the passion it takes for him to do what he does. And he constantly comes on the stage and tries to give, uh, you know, an unbiased opinion, but biased to the sense of what he knows. But in reality, it bothers him because he's a true fan of the Cardinals. It's not like yeah. he's not a true fan. He's a true fan of the Cardinals. Michael Bidwell, Steve Kimes, he's a true fan of what, you know, what he believes them to be doing. But to watch the way the team has crumbled in the last, it, I, think it, I think it wore on him more than it. You know, you talked about a roller coaster ride. Yeah. I think it wore him more than it wore, you know, wore both of us. I will say I do feel worn out. And I today was like, okay, like, do I need a new gym membership? Like, I was trying to pull my, I'm trying to pull myself out of it right now, Frank. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a lot. And like diet change, like I've got all, you know, like this is like more of like a girl thing, but you try to like buy a new planner with like some stickers and some colored pencils and like drink more water. Like I'm trying all the things right now. Yeah. Well, you've gone through a full season (laughs) and they've given you another game. You've hopped on to the team with preseason, 17 weeks, a bye week. And then also, you know, one playoff game. That's that's running straight. That's that's a lot to do. And you guys are five days out of the week. That's a lot. So. Uh, yeah, you should be tired. We need a break. I'm I'm hoping to take one here soon next week. So you might want to check your schedule. I, I think I got one on the books to leave out of town. So. Okay, gonna golf. Uh, absolutely. If I'm, you're doing something not working. I it's golfing. If I ever leave Phoenix, the golf clubs are coming with me. <laughs> if I ever leave the state, going anywhere on the planet, my golf clubs are coming with me. Even if I'm going to Green Bay, I'm bringing them for the room so I can chip around. I'm just my kids got to come with me. I'm not gonna lie. I booked it. Your kids. Those are my kids. <laughs> I got three girls, but those are my kids. 
I'm not going to lie. I just booked a, uh, a little getaway for my birthday next month to Mexico. Super oh. excited. All I'll right. be thinking about that for the next few weeks. So. When's your birthday? February. I'm playing. I'm playing. I know. I know. I'm playing. <laughs> birthday is February 12th. Mine's the 17th. And so is Johnny's. And so is Johnny. So if you guys <laughs> want to give us some presents. <clears throat> We're going to have to do a birthday bash show. Please. I yeah. am ready to come in. Okay. In just a, a full blown. Yes. I'm ready to come in in a halter, like a little Speedo, a hair wig, and yes. like a bottle of something wrapped around me, ready to get it popping. Okay. We're done. We're going to make that happen. Not the yeah. outfit, but yes, we'll make it. It'll. <laughs> we'll make the rest happen, but not the outfit. <laughs> All right, everything but. <laughs> everything but that. Cardinal's yeah. update. His is February 2nd. I love February birthdays. I just Man, feel like it's a good month. It is. Look, I'm I'm an Aquarius. So I'm pretty pretty chill, even kill. I, I am everything that represents an Aquarius as well as my name, Frank. I'm that dude as a Frank. Well, <laughs> okay. 100%. Like, it's it's crazy. What, do fr- what are Frank traits? I mean. Like... Um, we're really chill <laughs> until we, you know, we become... Until until we're called upon at certain levels, and that's science, and then right? We, then we flip out. Then we flip into another mode, character-wise. A lot of the movies you see, most of the guys that are either either stud hitmen or you know dads that went crazy are their names are Frank. A lot of mob guys are named Frank. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's a Frank. And a lot of movies I watch, I'm like, is that mean character? Like that's, <laughs> Crazy, but uh, yeah, and I think and look, February is gonna be great. We sh- we're gonna do that. I like that idea. We're yeah. gonna do that. I'm Something to look to forward to for sure. And yeah, we'll, we'll post it for everybody. They can have the drinks. They can have a drink of choice and hop into the chat and just start talking about what they're doing, what the, what they would possibly do for us in a celebration. I mean, hey, if, if like anyone here. wants to like send me birthday presents, we can open them live on the show. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Shoot out the address. I'm ready. <laughs> look, I know what I need. Tyler's golf balls and golf clubs. <laughs> All right, we derailed it from the start. Let's get back to some (laughs) Cardinals talk. There are some rumors that kind of began yesterday and are still unfolding. So we've got the tweet. We're going to kind of sort out how this all happened. Uh, Kyle Odegaard used to be a reporter for the Arizona Cardinals. If we can make that a little bit bigger in studio so I can read it off, that'd be great because I'm, like, blind. Um, But he tweeted... um, there was a team meeting involving the Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell, GM Steve Kimes, and Coach Cliff Kingsbury yesterday. Uh, it says per source. Per source, right? Bidwell was unhappy with the late season slide and intimated changes were possible. Yes. Quote: mm-hmm. "Shit hit the fan." Source said. Sorry, my <laughs> eyes are so bad, and that screen is tiny. <laughs> Um, so that's what Kyle said. Did we did we get that clear yeah. enough? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So that's what Kyle said. Sources say shit hit the fan. Uh, Bidwell communicated that changes could be made, and he was super unhappy with the the late season slide. Which I mean, uh, we would expect him to be right. Ian Rappaport then quote tweeted it said, "There's been no meeting." Sources say. So that's that. But then. Pat McAfee had Ian Rappaport on his show today. Mm-hmm. Pat said, well, I had some of the same sources that, or s- sources say the same thing that Kyle said. So, Ian, what's the deal? And it's been like this back and forth thing. Uh, there's kind of semantics at this point, like, oh, maybe an official meeting didn't happen, uh, but they did talk a little bit. So whatever happened, I don't know. 
But the one thing that we're all sure of, and even Ian Rappaport communicated, is that Bidwell isn't happy, and he shouldn't be. So that's really no surprise. Not not a surprise at all, uh, based upon based upon the way we finished the season up. But I doubt the second time in a row. I mean, second time in a row that we've done that. Um, but I like the fact that the con- it comes out at a time where this is the time of the year where you know you're getting ready to go into the playoffs. There's some coach that you would like to talk to that you can't talk to. And then yet you still haven't resolved the issues at home that you need to solve. I said this the other day when we were talking. I was like, I'm not necessarily sold that Cliff will still be here because just because they haven't said anything still doesn't mean that he, you know, he's locked and, you know, locked and cocked and stocked here as a coach for next year's season. So I can agree that, and you can agree with that, Well, how Mike feels, that the season literally went into a, a downspin that we just we could not overcome. And it's and I said before, I think that it definitely falls back on to Cliff. We talked about Vance Joseph the other day. He's not the, he's not the head coach. The head coach is the one that controls the team. He's the one that gets his, supposed to get his guys riled up and ready to play. Um, the way the season looked at home and the losses that we had at home were just a slap in the face to the owner and to the fans. And so, so you have to start making decisions in that moment. And I think right now the Cardinals will be patient, but I find this I find this statement to be very true, and I think it's something that will come out and in the end, um, unless Steve Kimes or Michael walks out and starts saying that's not true, then I'm 100% a believer of this of whoever the source is um, between Pat McAfee as well as um, as um, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I would say Ian probably has a source being that's one of. Bidwell, Kime, mm-hmm. or Cliff. Correct. But again, just because an official meeting didn't happen, and I'm not saying there's any, uh, these are always hard. I, I even had people like in my DMs asking, like, d- d- you know, did Kyle like straight up lie or people like, I mean, like, listen, sources can say whatever, they, they can feed you whatever information, truth or not. And that's why it's so hard to, when you're a reporter, going with the source is like, in this situation, and we're talking about it because everyone else is talking about it, wondering what actually happened, you know, uh, Steve Kime could have told Ian Rappaport, like, oh, no official meeting has happened yet. Like, nothing officially has happened yet. But maybe in the hallway, they had a, a heated argument, and there was, like, one little thing that you can – well, it wasn't a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. a meeting, right? And you can – so, like, you – sources can convey, like, whatever you want, and, they, and I'm sure that if – one of those three guys did talk to Ian and there was no official sit down end of year meeting yet. There's very easy to simply say, oh, eh, they got that little piece wrong. I'm just going to, you know what I mean? So you never really know. Uh, Let's take a look in the chat. Cardinals update saying whenever reports come out, you have to think why they come out and what's the agenda behind it, who it benefits and who it doesn't benefit. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, You could say that for both sides of it checkered life i'm sure mike is rightly upset but i can't see him firing an 11 and 7 head coach even with the way it ended but anything is possible and spliff kingsbury i called a double pass in the second drive of the game okay (laughs) all right spliff (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean here's the thing I don't think that any. I still don't think that anyone's going to be fired after this season. But I do feel like they're on the hottest seat. Both Kyle and Cliff are on the hottest seats that they have been on their entire time in Arizona. I'm not sold that Kyle is on on a hot seat. 
but I am. Really? Yeah, I'm not sold that Kime was on a hot seat. Not at all. Um, but Cliff and Kyler are both Kime's guys. I feel like they should go hand in hand. Kyler has produced to the point where he's a pro bowler. Kyler has produced to the point where he was rookie of the year. Um, and Kyler has produced where he has over 70 touchdowns and uh, passing touchdowns and 20 touchdowns. What do those night. stats have to what do, what do those stats have to show? Do they have an NFC division championship no, to show for it? Has, it? it has, what it has to do with is that. So let's take into consideration. Statistically, the guy, the guy that you want to be your quarterback has proven to be one of the best assets in the NFL. Okay. Um, but overall, as a team, um, and then you can go back and watch and say, okay, well, then what was what was given to him for him to continually advance in his and in, in using his athletic ability? Okay. Well, we'll watch the first half of the season and say, this guy's amazing. Statistically, he was the number one quarterback in the NFL. He was going, he was potentially for the MVP. But then you see the back end of the season, the the the, the season, and you look at what was the schemes, what were you, what plays were being called. You start looking at those things, even though all those players were getting hurt. You still got to look at what were you doing to put him in the best position to still use, you know, advance him and and the team in regards to whose uh, job is it to put them in the best position? That is the head coach's job. Who the hired office, the head coach? Offense coordinator and defense coordinator. I can hire you, and you still not do your job well. So then, don't fire me because you do your job well. Let me fire you, and then go get somebody else I can bring in. Because I've given you enough pieces, and that's that's typically the conversation. And we can all look and say and look and see and say that our roster was a well put together roster this year, and it proven. You know, Anquan Bolden said something the other day on the radio, and one of the things he said was that sometimes you peak so early, and then you know teams peak early, and then there's other teams that peak late, and then they seem to be the ones on the run. Well. Maybe we peaked early, and then injuries and COVID, and then a lot of I stuff. No, but that's coming that's in. the game of football. And I agree. So that's why you. <laughs> so we make adjustments. Yeah. And there were no real major adjustments made to protect the players that you need to protect in order for them to go out and play and be at their best. And the only person again, I don't want K two to be fired. I don't. But I do know that when it comes to who has who has to wear that hat. That is the blame hat. Then it's definitely going to fall toward him. All I have to say is Steve Kime. You have to kind of think back. I'm not going to go throughout his entire tenure. So he became the GM in 2013. But remember where he's kind of at in his career. You still have the Steve Wilkes, Josh Rosen stuff that nobody's forgotten about, Correct. right? Correct. And so the thing that was supposed to fix all of that was the Cliff and Kyler experiment, and it was. It really was. And I'm not sold on whether or not that experiment is going to pay off. And if that's the case, it, I don't, and it doesn't matter about me, it, does, it matters if Bidwell's sold or not. That's correct. Okay? Yeah, I agree. And so if he feels like, listen, uh, with the way, like this was supposed to be our year, and we brought in a lot of resources, a lot of talent. Uh, Kyler was in his third year, was supposed to make enormous strides, and he has technically made strides. So has Cliff Kingsbury technically made strides. They did make the playoffs, but like if this is a ceiling, it's not going to be good enough. And he has to think, okay, like is it going to? Here's the other thing I thought about today, and I'll get to the comments in a second. I was reminded that the Super Bowl is here next year. Well, you've got a Super Bowl in your backyard. And you don't know if you're going to be a cont- can even considered a contender. That's embarrassing, I mean, and that would be in the back of my mind for sure. 
like time's running up. I, I was just because they've got a they've got a meeting and I think they're going to unveil their logo and everything on Monday. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like you you want to be in the conversation for a Super Bowl in your backyard. I agree. I, I, look, you you your points are absolutely on. I mean, perfect because when you look at where we are and what happened while we were at home, we didn't produce. And Steve Kimes has the experiment that Steve Kimes put together was a look, a unicorn moment. He had just got a DUI, had been suspended for a couple a couple of weeks, and had to pay a hefty fine. And then he comes back and, you know, we finally walked through that moment. But it just so happened that you decided to get pick Kyler Murray with the first round draft pick, but you hired a coach that had coached him before. And you felt like he had coached Patrick Mahomes. All these things statistically was on the table. You had an opportunity to get the Heisman Trophy winner. And that was a crescendo moment where it looked like, hey, you know, we don't know what this will be like until we see a 5'9", 5'10", quarterback come into the NFL and perform. Well, you're looking at the... You're looking at the NFC NFL rookie of the year as a quarterback. And statistically, he just he carried our team as far as he could the first year. And they both had growing, growing spells. The second year, you saw a, a, a vast difference in the team because they started out great, remember? And then in the back end, we just we fizzled. And this is the conversation that's that's dragging out why we're still talking about Clifford, because he starts out great and it drags out into this who is who what happened to our team? That happened the second year. And unfortunately, it happened the third year. And again, let's put everything in perspective. We have a coach that's been coaching, a young coach in the second year in NFL that has coached through COVID. And yep. protocol changes, uh, players that might be there, might not be there. And all, all the rules that come along with that. So you can give them the benefit of the doubt, still allowing this team to get to the place where they were. It's 11 and 17, first time made to the playoffs in seven years. All, there's a lot of pluses to it, but what you cannot eradicate is the feeling of what happened and how have you felt the last two years uh, when it came to the, the ending part of, of our season. So Mike and Kime, it feels like egg on their face to the NFL, not just, I mean, to the NFL. Right. Like, just as a whole, this is like egg on your face because your darling coach that everyone you thought was great turned out to be the guy that can't coach, you know, can't finish strong. And I think that is the part where they will have to make a decision and say, are we ready to wipe this off our face? So we'll we'll ride this for another year to see what happens, and, and hopefully we can get to the Super Bowl. I don't want to be pessimistic, but I almost feel like they're in a lose-lose situation because I don't think that this team, as is with a few changes, obviously you got the draft, you're going to make some moves in free, agents, mm-hmm. free agency, I don't think this team with a few changes is a Super Bowl contender next year. Hmm. I also don't think that you do a clean slate, fire Cliff, fire Kime, consider a new quarter. I mean, I, I, don't, I also don't think that that's the answer right now. So I just think like they're stuck in mediocrity for, uh, no, for another no, no, season. No, 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 no. That's, what, no. that's my feeling, Frank. No, I, we're going to – <laughs> All right. Jalen says nobody should let Kime pick a fourth head coach. That's asinine. Cardinals update. Bidwell has been trying to take this organization from a losing franchise to a winning one, and I appreciate it. Okay, some appreciation for Kime. The, the effort is definitely there. And I will say I was also doing some research. Um, I, I guess I just hadn't really thought about it, but Steve Kime has been with this organization literally his entire career. 
He was hired in 1999 as here. a college scout. I was You here. were here. I was here. Steve, Do you remember him? Steve Kimes <gasps> was the Grim Reaper. What? He was the Grim Reaper. We called him the Grim Reaper because he would come down and tell guys, hey, we uh, bring your playbook. Your time is up. We need oh, to, we no. Need to coach out. We need he to, was in charge of doing he that? He was in charge of going to get guys and, and, <laughs> and escorting guys to the uh, upstairs to take guys' playbooks and letting them go. <gasps> he was in charge of that. that was, we called Steve Kimes the Grim Reaper. That was who he was for a period of time. And then they, he moved from that position into, like, scouting. But he was the Grim Reaper. He would come down and tell <laughs> guys. Yep. And then he also would be a guy, he'd be a guy that, like, hey, he'd, knock, he'd come get guys, the guys that got cut before they got to the facilities that morning. He'd be the guy that come knock on guys' doors. Because we used to stay at the Grayson Hotel off of Elliott. When you was a rookie and you came in, you didn't really have a place to stay. You would stay at the Grayson Hotel. And uh, he would come knock on your door, wake you up in, like, between 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning before you got to practice. And would say, "Hey man, it's time. It's uh, it's uh, we need your playbook. Um, the Cardinals are going in another direction. We've already talked to your agent, stuff like that. So that's that's what it was. I mean, I, I remember I left the Cardinals in two thousand one. Did did Steve tell you? Did he tell you to get your playbook? Uh, hell no. Okay. Tell me get my playbook. Couldn't tell me. Sorry, LTC. He couldn't tell me. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, he was here. I, was, I left in 2001. So, uh, but that that was his, that's the, pro- look, the Cardinals, one thing I know about Michael and his dad is they are men of that need loyalty. And if you've shown yourself to go through the, rank, the ranks of the process of what it takes to, you know, kind of grind a little bit, they respect that. And they, re- they respect watching you. They're patient. Mike is very patient. Um, he, he he doesn't move fast, but he, he he does he everything he does he does in a calculative position where it either makes it look really really good and he believe and he believes in it or it's in a position where he has the power to be able to say this is why I made this decision and why I did not make that decision. So. And yeah, Steve was a grim reaper. So, back so what do you think about his climb through the organization, starting with being the grim reaper and a college scout to director of college scouting to yeah. player personnel, director of player personnel to to what I mean is he, he's he's seen he's seen the entire part that it requires to go get players. Um, the hard part of letting a player go and signing a player, you need to take pride in that, like. I would never be able to do that. And that's some people don't want to do that, but that's very hard because you're really literally telling a guy your dream is over here. It might not be over in NFL, but it's over here with the Cardinals. And so we need your playbook. And that might be the last time you ever get another opportunity because some guys are free agents or some guys are veterans that just probably, you know, through the numbers game and – salary amount you had to let guys go so sometimes that's the place but to watch him go through the process he's seen every side of it where i'm hiring i'm bringing guys in and seeing that young excitement in kids coming in uh young men coming in and then watching guys that that really disheartening part to ask the guy for his playbook and that's tough and so then that's one thing but then you get a chance to get behind the scenes and go upstairs a little bit and then watch 
you know, how you are looking at guys from a character standpoint, their home life, the FBI, investigations, yeah. the behind the scenes yeah. stuff that, you know, that you don't know about until you know about, things that guys struggle with. Um, those are little things that, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, absolve as a, as a, as a person and personnel. So those are little things. I respect his, his client. I do. I respect his client. Um, I can't say I, I have agreed with all his choices. Um, they might have looked good on paper, but when they got into the NFL, they they dwindled, which would be most of his first-round draft picks, which is why, you know, people in the chime, they'll just they'll dive in and say, you know, his picks and his drafts are mediocre. Look, look. Yeah, Biden, Biden words. Kime is an awful drafter, a mediocre free agent signer, and a master at trades. And look, that's a good well, thing. Well, that's a, yeah. But let me tell you something. That's why I respect him because that's what he hasn't done. We We can go back and look at several teams that have given away countless amount of first round draft picks to teams to get players to bring them on and it just didn't work out we can look at our, our, our you know one of our divisional rivals in, in regards to the la rams and they're starting to see the fruit of the, of the labor of bringing in obj von miller mm-hmm. um and then a couple other pieces but it gave away so many first round draft picks to almost like 2025 but they don't even have a, a first round draft pick well kimes is only on the back end used you know crafty mechanisms or certain phone calls to get a J.J. Watts or a DeAndre Hopkins out of the blue, right? Right. You know, and that was not Rodney Hudson. Running Rodney Hudson out of the blue. So those are things that you need to be able to manage and protect those things. Um, and I think that's something that's you know that you get a chance to watch. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not opposed of keeping Kimes on because because of the things that he's done to still solidify to the Arizona Cardinals fans to Michael Bidwell. You've given him the prize possession, which is still you've given him the opportunity to go get and keep his first round draft pick. Well, I just think, you know, you have to be better at, at drafting, right? I, I mean, you, you just you, – that you've got to be better. And so that's always going to be something that stands out to me. We were praising him midseason about all of his offseason acquisitions. Yes. And, you know, that's a roller coaster too. And in that position, you're not going to do every single thing right. Uh, you're not going to take a chance on every player and have them pay off every single time for sure. But that would be something glaring. My thing is with – his history within the Cardinals organization, I would have to think, and I know that he's close with Bidwell. Mm-hmm. I would have to think that through all those years, over two decades working for the team, starting off doing your dirty work and at one of the lower positions, yeah. college scouting stuck with it, stuck with it. I'm sure there's tremendous loyalty on both sides. Kime to the Bidwells and, and Michael in turn to, to Kime. I, I just wonder that if it does get to that point, um, I'm sure Michael would be able to say, all right, like this would be my breaking point. But I think it's going to be hard if it comes to that point for Michael to part ways with Kime for those reasons. No, you, you make you make very good points. I'm, I, I would think that he would choose. Progress over over regress, even right. though we have some sense of, you know, familiarity. And so I would hope that he would choose that just based upon the fact that as a player, I want players. When I'm in that locker room, I need players. I don't need I don't need bodies. I need players. And I think that's a part where, you know, sometimes I think he he's tried to do that. But it, some of the stuff that just has not worked out. The first, a lot of the first round draft picks have been a failure. I mean, what check it. Check it. Life said Rod Graves had more first more hits than misses than Steve Kine. When it came to his first round draft picks, Rod Graves was here when I got here, and he did. But I can also say that look, two challenges that Rod Graves had was Andre Wadsworth. We couldn't get him signed. 
waited till Andre Rosworth got in. We played Andre Rosworth signed at the day before we played Dallas in a preseason game, and ended up getting turf toe, which you know affected his play yeah. for a long time. Simeon Rice was another pick through Rod Graves as a defensive end and a, a beast of a player. Up, Wait, what do you no, mean you couldn't get Andre signed after he was drafted? I apologize. It wasn't Simeon Rice that, that came through. It was Bob Ferguson that we had that that signed Simeon Rice. Then Rod Graves came in, and we ended up getting Andre Wazard. Well, we couldn't get a first round. We couldn't sign our first round draft pick. The Cardinals couldn't agree on the money. First round draft picks at the time, contracts was making seven. I think, look, don't, you can check the box on this. I think it's like seven years. Uh, forty something million dollars for a defensive lineman, or the very in the top first five picks in the draft, and they didn't want to pay him that because they had just signed. I think they had just signed Eric Swan to like a five-year deal, or a twenty-five million dollar deal, and that was five million a year, which was crazy money for a defensive lineman at the time. This is nineteen ninety-eight, seven. So they didn't want to pay market value to their first-round draft pick. They, they could not come to an agreement between. He was one overall, was he not? He was, Top one, of, yeah, one of the top. I think it was a top pick overall, yeah. But they did not want; they could not come to agreement contractually between him and his agent Eugene Parker at the time. Kyrus <clears throat> so they couldn't come to an agreement, and so we did not sign. He did not get a signed contract until we were leave. We had left training camp on our way to play Dallas. Oh no! In a uh, in the in our very, I think it was our first preseason first game or our first preseason game, and he ended up getting turf toe. It was the first game of the season. Matter of fact, he missed camp. That's what it was. It was the first game of the season we played Dallas. And uh, we were there on a Saturday. He came into the meetings on Saturday, on a Saturday. So, like, this is the kind of stuff that, you know. Yikes. I mean, this is the NFL. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of stuff that goes well, at least we're not pulling doors. that crap anymore. I, I agree with that. So, <laughs> I do. I agree with that. I agree. And there's, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good things I like about Steve. And I cannot say you guys, I'm, I'm going to say this as a player. I think he gives us players. At least if I'm in that locker room, I believe I've had players. I can't say that I'd have, I'd accepted the Josh Rosen pick I'd, as a receiver. I'd have yeah. been like, no. I'd have been pissed on that pick because he had done nothing in college. So I'd have been like, no, man. Like, but you brought him. So, okay. But everybody else that he brought in prior to that, that I thought that he brought in, I felt like they could have helped the team. Um and they just did not pan out. Yeah, you know when it came to the NFL. The the Cardinals have had a lot of players come in that at the <laughs> time were like, oh, what a what a great what acquisition, a great acquisition. Right. and just didn't pan didn't out pan for out. sure. So. Um, <clears throat> well, we're, since we're on a positive note, Cardinals update saying I don't think Kime has ever had a bad contract. Most of the time, they're good at deals. Correct. So we're we're trending in a positive direction. I want to keep it up with kind of reflecting on some positive moments from the Cardinals season because I don't even think that we've touched on anything positive. Uh, but first, we are on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, you can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Yeah, bet, bet, bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? That's okay. You can still get in on the action of the divisional round with same game parlays. If you combine multiple bets from the same game, you're always going to get a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, it is secure, and it is reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Using that promo code PHNX, you're going to get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. 
Bet just $5, win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Again, that's promo code PHNX. But as always, it's 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Frank, I, I, I put this in the rundown because I really want it. It's, it's, we're heading into the weekend. I'm like, you know what? I was supposed to talk about something positive. So I sat down to try and, like, remember the season and, like, the good times. And, like, I'm not even going to lie. I struggled a little bit. Like, the, the little moments have now been glossed over by the negative. So maybe you can help me out a little bit. I did obviously remember that 7-0 start. We were all thrilled. We were riding high. And so that's one. Mm-hmm. I, I did like the maybe we're just effing better. That became a theme for the Cardinals season from J.J. Watt. Um, you know, you got Chandler's five-sack performance to start the year, yep. which didn't necessarily mean anything after that, but it was great. It was a great start to the season, it was a right? Great start to the season. Beat the Titans, now making yeah. a push in the postseason, yeah. right? So yeah. those are some of mine. What a transition for the Titans! I though. know. We thought it was like just the worst team ever. So the question is, what is what is? And you guys in the chat, you, you chiming in real nice. I like that. So why don't we just add, put it out to you guys as well? <clears throat> which is the what what moment in the season was something special to you? You know, that, that kind of made the season to me. And it, to me, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share mine. I thought my tattoo. Oh, I love that. I was going to say, I was going to save that for you. Yeah. It was like, I, I could not, honestly, I couldn't wait to get the tattoo. And I'm so, you know, so happy that we did it. It went live. I'm so proud of you. It was so you. fun. It was fun. It was exciting. Well, you did it. I mean, you got it set up. You, you backdoored it through some channeling. And I, I, I love the way it played out. Um, but the reason why, we did it was because I we had been talking about, you know, we've got to three and zero. We said, well, if and we saw a, tar, a, tar, a totally different team, and we said, what would it take for you to get a tattoo and JV or me? And I was like, man, look, we keep winning. I, I'm I'm considering getting a K two tattoo. And to me, I thought, you know, when we got to San Francisco, meeting you know Christian Kirk and him talking about the standards, the standard. That moment watching Colt McCoy and the team going to a division opponent with, you know, with Cliff, who had been out prior to that, I think that to me was a special moment for me watching the team. Because I say, you know, this team go out and win versus a division opponent. I'm going to get a tattoo. And the bottom line, 28-something <laughs> in the, in the four halftime, I was like, sheesh, it's going down, baby. It made for a great story and, um, you know, a free membership, of course, for Mm -hmm. life. For life. (laughs) Free membership. And the fact that Cliff knows about it, knows about you and everything, like that, that really was like, that was really fun. Yeah, I agree. That was was a cool moment for PHNX and us and all that. Um, Anything else you can think of? Um, Well, Cardinals Update actually had one thing that I wrote down on my list. When the Cardinals beat the Rams was a pretty good moment because it was a whole team effort. So I had that written down as well because it was also the first time they beat um, like Sean McVay. And that was a part of the season where everyone was like, oh, yeah. my gosh, we're going yeah. to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we thought we was a booger with the sugar at that time. 
beating the Cowboys any season is a highlight. I agree. And that was big for Kyler because he kept his winning streak intact, too. And it kind of felt like, oh, maybe they've turned a corner. Like, maybe they just, like, were in a funk and maybe they've turned a corner. So it definitely brought hope. That's a good call, though, too. See, I like that, too. James Conner. Like, I did not expect him at all. Like, when we got him, I was 100% like, man, this dude's going to get hurt. He's been hurt the last three seasons or two or three seasons with Pittsburgh. He hasn't finished the season yet. I know his story. His story is a great story of what he had to overcome and his faith. Um, but I just did not think we needed him after having King and Drake. And I agree. I, to me, I thought this I was is dead wrong. I was, I was so, and I was dead wrong, too. And I'm so happy that we got him and what we was able to do, what he was able to do um, with our team and and how well he just, you know, he carried this offensive line and put them on their back. And 18 touchdowns is stupid. I mean, how hard that is. And, you know, it's to be on a team. Almost a franchise record. I mean, that's just it's great. I mean, he's, he's a really great story for the Arizona Cardinals this year as well. Checkered Life says leading the league in the standings. Kyler is mentioned as MVP and Cliff in running for coach of the year. That was a good Do time. you remember when the Suns and the well. Cardinals both had the best l- records in the league? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. That was a great. That was a, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> that was great. First I time. mean, that was a good time. Yeah, that was a it's good time. It's unfortunate how it ended, but it was uh, honestly in the moment it was so much fun. It was. First, uh, look, another another great moment was when we at uh, Lola's when we had Bird Game Travel. They became a, they became we became partners with them and went to Lola's and and that that first time out there was kind of it was crazy, but it was crazy fun. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it didn't turn out the way we wanted to turn out at the time. We went to Lola's, but we had fun. I think that was the first time yeah. I actually had like a few drinks before I went on to one of these shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. And um, was like fun. it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was <clears throat> anybody got anything else? Uh, all the games that Kyler was allowed to use his magic feet were awesome. I agree with that though. Making a five ten quarterback a drop back pocket quarterback is uh, is beyond confusing. So. Um, Jordan Hicks, when we interviewed him, actually mm-hmm. brought up an interesting point. And this just made me think of it. He said it was difficult to defend him in practice because sometimes you can't find him. Like uh-huh. the linemen, like okay. if he's behind linemen, mm-hmm. like you won't even see where he's at. And all of a sudden the ball will just shoot out. And I was like, oh, so okay. is that like an advantage in some ways? He's like, it can be because he honestly gets lost sometimes. Like you as a defender wow. can't even see where he's at. <laughs> I, know, I, can, <laughs> I can believe that. I, I think that would be definitely an advantage. Look, the, the guy has been, you know, vertically, I'm not going to say vertically challenged, but he's been special on every level or whatever height he's been, no yeah. matter where it's been. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that is just, a, a you know, a, tes- a testament to his, the real, you know, how really talented he really is. I mean, a six foot four quarterback sitting next to a six foot lineman, six foot five lineman is about the same or a six foot six lineman. You still got, you got a good eye, you know, eye, bird's eye view of what, what things are, but to be as talented and to accomplish things he's accomplished in all levels of sports, especially in football, um, just tells you how talented he really, really is. We just kind of we see it, but when it's not at its peak consistently, I think you just you revert back to his height being a challenge. But right. it, it really is not a big deal. It's not a. It's really not a challenge to him because uh, he's just he's he's overcome all that every time. He's always he's always overcoming. 
So, I mean, like, when we, get ready, when we got ready to draft him, I was like, what are y'all talking about? We shouldn't draft him. He's so short. Like, this is the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. You think the guys at Oklahoma are only five foot ten defensive linemen and defensive ends? No, we're drafting these guys. And everyone out of the Big 12 and the Big 8, big, well, big 8 back in the day, Big 10, the guys he's had to go play, play against, they're tall and big. Alabama's offensive line, defensive line is huge. They will swallow you. And, and But he still was able to – he was able to overcome that. So, you know, those are little things I like, I like. But the season was um, – there was a lot of, lot of really great moments. And we got a chance to report those things that <clears throat> I don't – I mean, I look back and I, I just – I marvel at him. I mean, D-Hops was – D-Hops is a special person. I hate that he person was injured for much player. of this year. The story you talked about with him and his mom. Oh um, yes, that was a special. That was a really, really special story on how they work their foundation, the purpose of that. Yeah. Um, but to see what he really brings to a team, I think that's you know that's that's something that you know little things like that happened in the season that was pretty cool. And I'll say this is my last one out, and we can move on from that. When you guys don't agree with this, look, Max Williams was doing excellent. All right, my yeah, he was. He was doing excellent, and Matt Prater was yeah. doing excellent the first part of the season. Now, just back to Max. Our tight end Williams, right before he got hurt. Max, our tight end Williams. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> she catches it every time. <laughs> but before he got hurt, man, I, right before he got hurt, there was a lot of expectations of how far he could go and what kind of season he was having. But then we lose him. And then right behind that, the magic of Steve Kime pulls up and he go get Zach Ertz. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's like stupid to know that you could lose. A, a, an up and coming tight end to go get a veteran tight end and to bring him on your team and and then he still catches seven over 70 80 did balls. we even mention Ertz when we were talking about the steve kime stuff yeah no, because that was huge i mean this is the stuff that you still i don't take for granted and i think that he's done certain things to put talent on this level of course first rounds haven't always haven't always i won't always talk about that because kyler's been one of his tops but the other stuff he's done I respect the moment that we keep getting players. They might not always pan out, but you get players. And players that can come in if they get healthy or if they the system fits them. And to me, that changes the expectation in the locker room. And I think that is uh, something that's pretty, pretty it's just pretty cool what, what the season has meant to me. Speaking of Max, he didn't just go away when he was injured. He had those amazing like game day pose and he came up with his own word or own word, his own uh, trophy award is what I was trying to say yeah. uh, that he gave out. It was like an MVP award. That was another fantastic moment. I mean, like this is like, this is, we have so many great, um, there's so many, there were, there were really a lot of good moments that happened. And there was some, there were some moments that some, some of the games that came down to clutch moments and then Kyler throws and, Certain stuff when we beat Minnesota, you know, and then the, there was a there was a there was a flash of watching the potential of Rondell Moore, yeah. and then it just kind of dwindled a little bit. But it was a it was a good moment to see that because I know the conversation with Andy Isabella was our you know could have been a good good pick or was a good pick, but then we had to go back to back to back and get second round pick receivers three years in a row, and at the end of the day we were not disappointed what Rondell Moore could have brought to the table had he had stayed healthy. I agree. Any any other good ones? Um, blah, 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 blah. Johnny Venerable and the, <laughs> and the drinking. Look when you when you pop the shirt out on Johnny, that was perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a great moment. 
If you guys didn't see that, you need to go back probably what seven tapes or twenty one tapes ago when we did a taping and it was like, you know, Johnny had a his drinking moment when he just kind of held a course. Like he, didn't he was want to trying to chug shirt. it, but he was putting his hand underneath in case any of it spilled, yeah. and it was an interesting. John was a great sport, though. Like every yeah. holiday, he came dressed. He did, yeah. Like he appeared yeah. every holiday. He came dressed in an outfit, and everything almost fit him. Look, the uh, the power was it a Power Ranger? Yes, I like think so for Halloween. Yeah, it was like a full blown one. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. LTC says Zach Allen. Look, another bright spot. Yeah, yeah I agree with. I agree with the one. He made some that. strides for what sure. His, what was his? Uh, what was? Didn't he have a couple like little nicknames? LTC, you had a nickname for him. There was. He had, got, it, like, a he had an almost thick six. A, a thick six. But he didn't. Uh, he didn't return it. Yeah. He had an interception, and I. I think it was LTC, LTC that had, said. I thought it was like a thick six. Or yeah, thick six. Thick or six. Like it yeah. would have been. Yeah. And then they had someone he picked up. Like he just he picked up one and scored. At the end of the season, he, yeah, he the scoop and score. But scoop I, I don't score. know if some someone had a name for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought the Browns, the Browns win was huge. What yeah. was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Cliff's coaching from home. Yeah, like that was fun. That was huge. That, to that walk was away fun. from. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a good win versus a team we we didn't think we was going to pull it out with. But that was another 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 Christian moment. And if you want to go with last but not least, the airplane. Oh, snap. The new airplane. The new airplane that the Cardinals got. That was, look, we probably we, we probably not going to ride in it, any of us. <laughs> Won't get no, to see the inside of that, not. baby. But uh, it's definitely a great addition to the Cardinals organization. Um, and then Johnny did, Johnny did a, Johnny said something pretty cool about that was, he talked about the recruiting aspects of getting free agents to come play for you. Yeah. Look. When the I was, more reasons that you have, the better. And that's a that's a really really good reason. the The environment here in Arizona is amazing, so that I'm pretty excited, pretty sold on that. That guys will take that. But we got it. We got the we got enough pieces here that can kind of win the conversation over to get you here. Um, the idea is that when you come here, will you come really really with the intent to add to where this organization can go? Maybe it was just damage control after Buddha outed them that they didn't have Wi-Fi on the airplane when his baby was being born. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe afterwards, Bidwell's like, oh, snap, we don't want that perception of us. So let me just go out and buy a whole – because I actually posted on, on, um, on Twitter something about – like how much does it cost to get Wi-Fi on a plane? And somebody who knows something about planes like mm-hmm. was in there. They're like, it's really, actually, really hard to get Wi-Fi on a plane. So buy a new one. And he did. <laughs> Ta-da. Bye-bye. It's pretty cool, man. All it's right. Pretty cool. Well, if you are sick and tired of aggregated content that doesn't inform or entertain you, you can expect and you should expect more from your Valley Sports coverage, which is where we come in. Expect in-depth features. Film breakdowns, exclusive videos, special di- discounts on all of our gear at phnxlocker.com. The most engaging discussion. Uh, I mean, pff, obviously. Hello. Right here. <laughs> no problem. And so it. much more. If you become a PHNX member and unlock a world of Arizona sports coverage you never imagined possible. Um, again, head to gophnx.com. Sign up to be a member of the family. And you're always, when you sign up to become a member, you're going to get a free t-shirt from PHNX Locker. If you already have your Cardinals gear because mid-season, you know, you revamped your wardrobe and want to move on to 
the Suns, the Diamondbacks. Hopefully, we'll be getting spring training na- mm-hmm. in the uh, what, March. So I guess we're upcoming here soon. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, we've got it all: ASU, U of A, um, Coyotes. I suppose if you're if you're still into it, covered everyone. I said Diamondbacks. Yeah, but, I mean, I just <laughs> I just remember. <laughs> Uh, so there's plenty of t-shirts up on our website we've got sticker packs so you can deck out your laptop i I I know i keep saying i need those i never get them um so it's time to redefine what it means to be an arizona sports fan become a member at gophnx.com well normally we do this on tuesday we're kind of working out a new off-season schedule we didn't get to it on tuesday because of the monday night game but uh it's winners and losers time what what Winners and losers. Want to go first? Want to start uh, with your? Let's go. I always like to end on a positive note. Let's go losers first, and then we'll go winners. Okay. Um, my loser is. Um, I, I, I kind of slightly mentioned it earlier, and I, I do want to talk about this. Is that? Um, is that in this in the in the, in this time of the season, especially once your team is out of the playoffs, there are several teams, sixteen teams prior to this week or last week, excuse me, that had to experience that before us. And during this time right now, I find that the losers are a lot of the guys that are not on contracts, mm. um, a lot of the guys that uh, have not solidified themselves in regards to are they going to be with the Arizona Cardinals or what they're going to do next. There's a lot of up-in-the-air moments right now when it That's comes to the season. That's got to stink. It's, it, it stinks really, really bad when you do not know if the team's going to bring you back immediately or if, um, or if, you're gonna, if, you, or if you want to move on. You know, I gotta let my friends go. I gotta let guys go that I knew. I gotta change my kids' address code. I gotta move my, you know, they gotta go to a new school. Um, my wife probably gotta change her job or whatever, whatever, whatever we have going on as a family. All those things right now, even for the coaches. Yeah. And we talk about it, but there's so many other things that go on that emotionally it tears at you. And I and I didn't forget you guys, the fans. This tears at you as well because you don't know what your team is going to be like. Like, we got a lot of question marks out there right now that we're talking about. But as a fan, we will, we will not overcome this phase until we get past, until we get to the draft. You know, we'll go through the combine and we'll, in the NFL and all of us, we'll start hyping up what the future looks like for this team if we do this, 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 this. But in this time right now, I feel like there's a lot of losers because emotionally, this is a really tough time, a transitional period. We still got some football, but it's not our football. That's the difference. There's a lot of football, but it's not our football anymore because our team is done. And right now, we we still got up in the air, you know, comments on fire. This guy, get rid of this guy, get rid of this person. That changes the whole dynamics of your team, but it changes the whole dynamic of that person's life. And that, to me, um, during this time, and just it's, it's a small window, but it feels like you're losing something because everything's changing. So the consequences of the unknown of the offseason, that's that is, the loser. I could have said consequence of the un- unknown uh, of the offseason five, five to six words i've been done with that <laughs> statement you're right no you needed to give some context to it so yeah i know that but was no, all but necessary that's, but that's absolutely right it yeah. makes me think of guys like jordan hicks who in his exit interview really seemed like when? a guy that felt like he was on his way out but was unsure like guys i, I know to tell me if i'm wrong on this i feel like maybe the older that you get the more and you obviously you want to win. So like you want to you, you want to be with a good team, you want your contract, but I almost seem like at su- seem like maybe at some point when a guy's got family, when they've got three kids, when they've been in a certain area for a certain amount of time, you almost just for that reason are like 
I just want to stay here. Like I, I love playing for this team. My kids love it here. My wife loves it here. I I don't, I really don't want to relocate. Now Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that trumps like the desire to go out and win and to reach your ultimate goal, which is why you play the game. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine that a lot of players do get to that point. No, 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 we do. Um, I was there when it was here, when I, when I, my last, I signed a three-year contract my first time, and then I signed a five-year contract, so it gave me eight years, and I did eight years here with Arizona Cardinals, and then when my contract was up, it was, let's negotiate and see, you know, where, where we're going to go with this, and I wanted to be here, um, but it wasn't a good contract conversation, and so therefore, I just, I walked away from it, and I said, well, I'm going to go visit other teams, and I did that, and it it changed a lot, but there, you're absolutely right. Guys feel, and once you get to a certain stage, that you do want to win, but if you get roots, you want to, you want to, you want to be where you feel like you are celebrated and not tolerated. Right, it's human a, nature. Yeah, that is absolutely correct, and I think that uh, guys do struggle with that, um, and Jordan Hicks will probably struggle with that. And I, you know, that's a this is a sad moment. Like you do an exit interview, and you didn't win. You know, it's not like a celebra- celebratory moment. And even if you did win, you still got to ask the question: Am I going to be here next year? Right. And my contract's up. Am I going to, or even if my contract's not up, do they want me back here? Right. And I think that is the part where, you know, this is the time of the season where I feel like there's a lot of losers in the NFL right now, even from the fan base that we just still, we get put in that, in that little space and time where it feels very uncomfortable. I went a little away from football for my loser. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody's seen it by now on social media. What? Maybe you haven't. Let's just let's play the clip of the reporter who got ran over by a car. What? Yep. She said a lot. Unfortunately, in freeze thaw, we see this water main breaks. Oh, 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 oh my gosh! I just got hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm well, okay, Tim. That's the first um, okay. on TV, Jory. Woo! We're all good. I'm okay. Yeah, you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. I actually got hit by a car in college, too, just like that. Wow. I am so glad I'm okay. Yeah. You're okay. You're okay. We're all good. This is, uh, oh, you know what? It's, uh, one sure woman you're band. Okay, We're good, Tim. Ma'am, you, sure okay? you are so sweet, and you are okay. It is all good. You know, I, <laughs> oh, Lord. So you... You know, it's my last week on the job, and I think this would happen. So you were bumped in. To me, Tim. Were you bumped down low, Tori, or were you hit up high? I couldn't really tell from the looking. Oh, I, I, I don't even. Do you know if I was bumped down low or up high, sir? I just saw you disappear. I don't even know. I don't even know, Tim. I, my whole life just flashed before my eyes. Oh, but this happen. is live TV, and everything's okay. I, I thought I was in a safe spot, but clearly, um, we might need to move the camera over a bit. Yeah. So let me do that. Do. But the, the reporter that's in the maybe he's Is not. she not a rock star? She would technically be a winner. I just picked it because um I I was ticked off at the news station. But like let's take a second to celebrate her. Yeah. Because first off, if somebody hit I me, mean, she was telling the lady that she was sweet afterwards. I would be like, Are you like kidding me right now? You just hit me with the car. Do you not see a camera right here? Or watch where you're going. Like I would have been irate and <laughs> she goes, same thing happened to me. Wow. We can laugh about it now because she has since gone, which is uh, leading to my loser. She shouldn't, she has since gone on social media, on TV saying she's totally fine. She was a little sore, but she's fine. Where the loser part comes in is they didn't, they made her 
Like, what if she had been a little more injured or like, right. um, like concussed even and wasn't thinking right? The station kept that live after she got run over. And apparently the news anchor couldn't see. So he didn't, all he could do was hear. So he's sitting there interviewing her about the how she got ran over. And it was the most bizarre thing. You're, you're, uh, any local news station that sends their, their reporters out without a photographer by themselves to do that stuff is a loser. I think it's not talked about enough because that people get put in really bad right. situations yeah. all the time yeah. because they're, they're cutting costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they were um, using it as sort of like a promotional aspect for content after the fact where they had her come on and um, did this whole thing about how they had her talk about it and whatever. Um, but she's great. She, I mean, I, she handled it way better than I, anybody in my opinion, possibly could have. She had it better than Frank Sanders would have. <laughs> Man, I'd have been whining and screaming and cussing. I would have been yelling. screaming. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God, it's an avalanche. Oh, my God. <laughs> an avalanche? I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I can't move. Oh, my God. I don't know what happened. Man, I'd have pulled up. Some avalanche. I would have needed it. It's just like, I think there's, there, I mean, you know, this is what they always say. There's, a, there's this you know, this after effect of a whiplash. You know, when you get hit in a car accident, you don't feel it till days later. Yeah. And it's like as a football player, you can ride down the field, but it takes days for your body to recover. Right. From that, from just what you've been doing in the banging. I'm not going to, she doesn't do it all the time, but I agree with you. It is sad that the, the, the station used it for publicity. She was in, she in was, at work the next day talking about it and like no, whatever. She, I she, get, she should immediately went and got an attorney to protect her body, her rights, just because of the fact that you don't know how long this will happen. And if there's lingering effects, psychological lingering effects, of mental 100%. health issues, that if she's ever out on a job doing another another segment like that, and she would always be, you know, flinching, you know, back and forth because then when she sees traffic because of the trauma of seeing that somebody can be so well what about the next time she has to go do a live shot she got a this is apparently her last week on the job she's now going to pittsburgh you kidding me yeah i think she said in there like this would happen time to get paid yeah that's the best moment ever. i know right yeah you don't have to to walk into that newsroom anymore yeah god has blessed me immensely (laughs) i went from loser to winner that day immediately (laughs) like oh my my body hurt i got money from her the station I'd have did publicity stuff. Oh my God! I mean, you take fifty thousand dollars to come talk to me. This was this was easily a five hundred to two million dollar payday. That I think now she's a loser. <laughs> that she's now that she's a loser. I just I just walked it out of my mind, <laughs> Steve. I just walked it out of my mind, Sean. I just walked it Steve. out of my mind. I called him Steve again. I'm a loser. Break keeps. <laughs> Frank keeps calling our man behind the scenes, Steve. His name is Sean. Oh, my God. This is being derailed. Hey, we want to get to our let's get to our winners to close this this one out. But at fir- but first, um, a message from the Arizona Department of Health. It's always key to to stay healthy. Right. Yes. And, and always possible. Um, but right now, children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool that we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with the virus uh, also dying uh, the vex- and staying out of the hospital, right? Uh, it's it's definitely going to reduce the risk of all of those things. 
It is safe, free, it is highly effective. COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout the state of Arizona. You can visit azhealth.gov slash findvaccine for a location near you to make sure that we are all healthy, that we stay out of the hospital. Again, it is safe, it is free, um, and there are locations all throughout the state. If you just head to azhealth.gov slash findvaccine, you're going to get a location nearest to you to get vaccinated. All right, let's close out with our winners of the week. Do you have a winner? I do have a winner. Uh, you need a second? Now. I can go. No, no. Oh, I, well, if you want to, you can. I'm ready. So my winner of the week, uh, I'm not sure if I should. It's Joe Burrow, quite frankly, but um, might as well just cut to the video. Is there a significance to the glasses? Oh, no. Uh, I just think they're pretty cool. What do you think? <laughs> sunglasses? No, I wouldn't call them sunglasses. Just kidding. The glasses. He is trending. Not only is he trending in the right direction and getting a lot of eyes because of what he's doing with his arm, mm-hmm. but the dude has style. I would not wear those glasses personally, <laughs> but I can appreciate it. What kind of style? It almost reminds those? me. You know what it reminds you me? You look great in those glasses. You know, though. if I were him, I wouldn't wear those. It, okay, okay, okay. If you were him. Yeah. Those, those are more female like I still wouldn't. I have no idea what the heck they are. Um, Cartier, I was going to make a joke. Cartier. but there some Cartier? I have I a Cartier oh, glass. Really? I think, I think I heard some. I think I heard him say there was some Cartier glasses. And he said, like, I got a, t- I got a ton. I got a couple more. Um, but I think they're Cartier. Yeah. I still probably would not wear them if I, I was. I mean, I was originally going to make a joke about how I'd look good in anything. But you guys That's don't know true. my sense of humor. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm full of myself. Right. That is my, what my response was going to be. I don't think anybody should probably wear them, but if you can pull them off with a sense of humor, you can pull them off. That's true. That's, that's very true. And like, Joe Burrow right now is doing all the right things. Joe is. He's the man right now. He is. Barring, barring injuries last year with an ACL, the kid was trending again. You're talking about going from, going from you know national championship, yeah. smoking a cigar, collegiately Heisman Trophy winner, um, one of the best seasons ever in – you know, NCAA history, um, and then goes to the Cincinnati Bengals, which is an, a hometown boy from Ohio, and he's there playing for, you know, a team that has had a history of, you know, just been, been dismal, and he's taking that team and, and try, trending it in the right direction, which makes the Cle- Cincinnati Bengals winners as, as, as in a whole itself. 31 years? That meant to a playoff? 31 years that meant to a playoff? Yeah, the the most interesting stat that um, happened after they won was, I think it was the first time a text was ever sent about the Bengals winning a playoff game ever Mm -hmm. because text messages didn't exist the last time. So that's mind-boggling to me. That is look, that's the history of the game. I think that's special though. It's like the moment, like I said, when I got 1998. You know, they had Cardinals hadn't been to the playoffs in 50 years. It's a moment. And I think that's something that I agree with you. I think that the glasses, you know, but Joe B is he is getting a lot of press and it's deserving. So when you watch him play, he plays football at a high level as a quarterback with his arms, with his eyes and his, you know, in his mind. And he and he gets his guys excited to play like that. Right. Is, that is what yes. you need in the, in the version of what he does, how he is as a player. You listen to the people that talk about him. He motivates and moves the yep. needle in that locker room better than anybody else that have done it in a long time. And the last person that would have been able to do that was 
who came to the, from the Cardinals was Carson Palmer. Mm. You look at Carson Palmer, his years there, when they had Ocho Cinco, those guys just, they moved the needle in Cincinnati. They didn't, they, they got to the playoffs a couple of times. No, they didn't get the playoffs. They would lose uh, in down the stretch. And, you know, out of the AFC North, Pittsburgh or um, Cleveland would dominate, the, uh, Baltimore would dominate the division. So, you know what this sunglasses, it's a video, but I think the photo of it kind of reminds me of, you know, that picture of Tom Brady with his shirt off. I think it might have been at like the, a combine or something like that, where he's just like this tiny, yeah. like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like it, it always gets brought up. Like, yeah, right like remember drafted. who Tom Brady oh, was? Man. Yeah. Right. Like, look, who, yeah. like, I almost feel like Joe Burrow is going to be a super. I'm not taking to be the next Tom Brady. But I, I feel like he's going to be a super successful quarterback in this league. And one day we'll look back at like him doing an interview with those glasses and be like, remember baby Joe? Like, it's so funny what he ended up becoming, which is like an elite quarterback in this league. And I think he has a tremendous ceiling, too. So Joe's doing all the right things. Yeah. Um, he's a winner in my book, too. He's a winner. That's yeah, a, that's a great All the way call. around. I agree. I agree with that. Jay, look, he, he is definitely a winner. Check your live set. Guess what? Tristan will look good in anything. I appreciate that. Anything. So you don't ever have to say that. You said it. <laughs> So you don't feel, you know, high-minded because someone else is. Well, that's my. I I have like a very, um, uh, a very special sense of humor. Yeah. Well, no, I just think it's funny to like, you know, like say those things and then laugh and people. Yeah, I don't know. But when it's true, it's true. I'm just saying facts are facts. (laughs) Thank you, Frank. You laugh at facts (laughs) all day long. Um, My winner is the guys that we talked about it just a minute ago. When the guys that who were not signed and who are struggling this window. My winners are the guys that, because we're not sure about our upper management, what's going on right now, my winners is the guys that got signed a couple of days ago. Those 15 guys, the 16 guys that got signed. The future contracts. Yeah, the future contracts at the Cardinals side. I thought that was kind of cool because it brought a sense of them. I, I was digging around, and I got a bunch of other little stuff that would be winners, but to me, you know, it just I felt about this moment. Um, I, you know, the, the rundown, what we had. I felt that moment would be more appropriate to just at least allow our, you know, those who are listening kind of really see like, man, this is a real transitional time for a lot of people. Yeah. But for those who are the winners are those who, if the management is not there, <laughs> we're on contract. We got a contract signed. So we're good. And then at least I'll know I'm here all the way, at least till camp. And yeah. Le- until they start letting other guys go or, or something happens down the road. But at least I know I'm here. And I think that's a special place to be for anybody that did not play. And a lot of those names that was on, on the on the fifteen list that you posted or you you tweeted out that Steve had signed were guys that were on the active roster list at some moment in time during that season, but they probably hadn't played a bunch, but they got a new contract. And I think that's pretty cool. I can a little bit relate to this. Honestly, like a little bit in working in TV, mm-hmm. you work off of one, two, three year deals, although I never signed a three year deal. But I did work off of one and two year deals. And a, a lot of time when you're climbing the ranks, like you t- to be honest with you, you usually don't want to stay. But you want to know, like, is the deal going to be good enough for me to stay or do I go? But then it's a small window in which you can actually, like, like find a job. Right. Because you can't leave six months early because you'll break your contract. Mm-hmm. Well, if you wait until the last minute, you might not get a job till two months later. But how are we going to pay the bills? So I can uh, resonate a little bit with the sense of just, like, I need to know where I'm living. And a lot of times 
I didn't know where I was living next. Like I didn't know where my, what state my next job was going to be in when I was working in this industry. So it's definitely not anybody who has a job somewhat similar where you're coming to an end of a year or a contract or something where you don't know where you're going to live and where you're going to work after that. Um, uh, I mean, I I feel for anyone in that situation. I agree. It's it's a tough one. It's different. Um, If you haven't really established yourself, and for a lot of these guys, some of the guys haven't established themselves. For the guys that got establishment, they're like, whatever. Right. And if you got money in the bank, you definitely like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're dealing with like Don't different size contracts right. than I was I mean. ever dealing with. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just, like, I, I didn't get paid for a month <laughs> and uh, we were in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, five, Derek Five, thank you for correcting me. You said Palmer did take the Bengals to the playoffs, but they didn't win. So okay. I appreciate that. I thought that was 31 before them, but correct. Hey, LTC says senior bowl's around the corner. The senior, the good old yeah. senior bowl. Yeah, so that's, that's the part right. where, you know, that's, again. Mobile, see, Alabama. See, we'll, we'll, we will drag out this painful moment, but then we'll get into the excitement of what we what we are getting, how we can begin to look and transition into our, our 2023 team. Yeah. You know, 2022. We were like a little higher in the draft, but that's okay. Yeah. That's I mean, well, right. being 23rd lets you know you did something. Good point. Good point. Yeah, good you point. Did something that year, okay. so not bad. All right, I like it. Frank, have a good weekend, my man. You golfing? Am I? I want some money today. One of the okay, Frank. Frank, when are we gonna golf, man? Did it, when are you free? I'm free tomorrow. Let's go do it. I'm look. <laughs> anytime you want to play golf, let's do it. That's my thing. All right, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna hit you up on that eventually. The I thing is, is I need to buy new golf clubs, and I keep kind of like putting that off. So, so maybe I'll finally bite the bullet and get new clubs. All right. Appreciate it seeing your face. It's always good to see it. Always great seeing you. We thank uh, David and Sean, not Steve, for being our producers tonight. And we hope everybody listening has a good weekend. If you have not subscribed to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts uh, or our YouTube page or followed us on social media at PHNX underscore sports, please do that. What are you laughing at? Well, you know, LTC said Frank out there getting them scans. And them scans is that money. Oh, I didn't I'm even know that. Butt, girl. I'm taking butt. I know. Every time you come into the studio, you talk about how you've made yeah, more money man. playing a game of golf. I shot 76 today at Inc- Encanto. Wow. 71 the other day, 73. Okay. Uh, over at the Raven, won $875. Wow, Frank. These sticks Good work. job. I'm telling you, yeah, I appreciate that. So All right. So I, can, I can't help you. Yeah, I need I need a tip uh, from you that. for sure. Me, you, the, the hubby. Let's go make a new, bring Newsome. <laughs> Newman. Damn it. <laughs> it's okay. It's time to end this podcast. Everyone have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs>